everyone. I'm so glad that you're back to Dr. Me First, a podcast all about authentic conversations between us, female physicians. As always, I am your very cheerful host, Dr. Erin Wiseman, your colleague in medicine and your coach in life. And this is episode number 41. Woo! So glad to be this far into the podcasting world. 41 episodes. And let me tell you, this episode is amazing. I'm talking with Dr. Lynn Marie Morsky. She is a physician, an attorney, a writer, a podcaster, and a professional quitter. You're going to love this conversation that we have all about her word, quitting. Because so many times we are so wrapped up in achieving, kicking ass, taking names, that quitting is the very last thing that we want to do. When in reality, many times, it's the very first thing that we should consider. So, hang out for our conversation. I think you're really going to enjoy it. We have a really great time in it. And stick around afterwards for a fun kick of encouragement that I think you are seriously going to enjoy. Here we go. Hey, everybody. It's Dr. Wiseman back again with Dr. Lynn Marie Morsky, and she is going to tell you all about how amazing she is. I am currently a physician slash attorney slash speaker, author, podcast host. And in my previous life, I was a multimedia designer. And in, in sporadic lives in between there, I have been co-founder of a med tech startup and I taught law and I have the yoga instruction certificate. Oh, there are many of the things, but currently I enjoy being, well, I practice medicine two days a week and the rest of the time I spend being a professional quitter. Absolutely. See, you're a total freaking badass. You're like, <laughs> Shook you a little bit, but you are amazing. <laughs> and just so our listeners know, I am a complete weirdo Facebook stalker of yours because I love everything that you're doing, and I am a self-professed quitter as well. So, yes, there you I go. love it. Quitters unite. <laughs> quitters unite. Hashtag quitters unite. We're gonna yes. make that happen. <laughs> but anyway. I was so jazzed up when you decided to sign up and come on my podcast, because if anybody hasn't listened to your quitting by design, right? That's the name of your quit happens. Quit quitting, happens. By, quitting by design is the book. Everybody it's like, you know, no harm, no foul. If you mix up those two. Well, but. I mixed them up. So then we promo both of them. So whatevs. Amazing. But <laughs> I love, um, I follow your LinkedIn whenever you drop those. And then I listen to them as they, they come out with that. And, I just think it's amazing what you're doing, and I'm so happy you're here. And your word today, most perfectly fitting, is quitting. Yay. Tell me all about it and why you picked it. Oh, <laughs> what's funny is that I didn't even remember I had picked it. Like, that's how long ago I think I signed up for this. I was like, oh, I'm glad you picked a word for me. Oh, I picked that. Oh, it tells you how, how kind of um, full, let's say, things have been recently. Busy is not my jam busy sounds bad. Things have been amazing and full and I get to record a ton of these podcasts. So thank you for reminding me that I picked quitting as my word. Not that that surprises me. For those of you who don't know my very short backstory on how I got to the quitting thing, I had been a multimedia designer and then I was like, okay, this isn't working for me. What, what do I want to do? And I went back to the drawing board. I was like, do I want to be a like a mechanic? Do I want to be a dog walker? I did, had no idea. And at the time, my swing dance partner was a um, 
urology resident. And so I was around doctors and I realized I needed something more stable. And I, I just went through this long process and decided, okay, I want to be a sports med doctor. And then that took 10 years because I hadn't even done pre-med at that point. I was in grad school for multimedia when I made this decision. So I quit grad school, had to go back and take like English 101 because I went to this totally odd liberal arts college that didn't, I didn't have to take anything that resembled a pre-med course. I had to take all my pre-med in one year at a chiropractic college. Then I applied and somehow got into one medical school, make it through, go to, you know, get through residency and then fellowship in sports medicine. And I realized I don't love this. And that was the second big quit um, because I had to quit a ton of parts of medicine while making other parts still work for me because at that point I'm a quarter million dollars in debt. By the way, still a quarter million. I think it just gets larger by the day. But uh, then I went to law school because I, I ended up picking a job where I worked two days a week and I moved next to a law school and I thought this, I felt this jealousy of the people who were going to get to go there. And I thought, oh my gosh, I like, should I go there? They have a part-time program. It's at night. And I said, if I'll, if I can get a free ride there, because clearly like uncle Sam was not giving me another dime. Uh, so if I get a full ride, I'll go to law school. I did. I went to law school. I graduated. I did a startup. I taught law. I did a million things before realizing like none of this is what I want to get up and do in the morning. How am I going to figure out? How am I going to find my calling? And I heard this podcast, which was like, maybe ask other people what they think your calling is, or it had some other suggestions. This was Seth Godin on a Tim Ferriss podcast. So uh, yeah, so I went and I did this little Facebook post, like, what do you guys think my calling is? And I gave him some options. And one of my closest friends said, hey, let's meet and talk about it. And while I was waiting for him in the parking lot of this Starbucks, I wrote on a piece of paper what I like to do and another what I was good at. And on what I like to do is public speaking, giving advice, things like that. And then on what I was good at, I just wrote quitting. And that's how it happened. Like that's, you know, when you put pen to paper, some odd things come up. And so that's how the quitting odyssey became a reality. The, the seeds had been sown when I did, I had to give a speech at law school graduation and I did it on quitting because I was really inspired by this podcast on Freakonomics called The Upside of Quitting. And uh, another podcast had picked it up and called and had me on to talk, of, talk about success in the art of quitting, as they called it, on the Happen to Your Career podcast. And so I realized quitting was a thing that was novel and nobody was talking about it. But for me, it was my favorite thing because I had done it so many times and it had led me to a life where I was able to doctor and go to law school at the same time. And then all of a sudden I was teaching law and I, I was a Bernie delegate and then I could get yoga teacher training. Like I've been able to do so many things because of so many things that I have quit. So that's how we end up here today. That's beautiful. It, it's an absolutely amazing to hear your journey. I actually just wrote a blog post. It's been a couple of weeks ago that was called throw your life away. And it was along the same lines that Whoa. every time that I have like crumpled up my life and like thrown it away, I have found a new and better one. I love that. I'll have to read that post. Yeah. So I, I just, I love your story about, because yeah, like seeing the initials behind your name, not going to lie, a little bit intimidating. I was like, holy shit, she got a JD and an MD? What is going on with this woman? <laughs> and plus she's got a personality? How's that oh, happen? Yay. yay, I have a personality. <laughs> I'm going to have you do all my PR from now on. Definitely. I'm all over that. So, so with the, when did this, when did you write the quitting on the piece of paper? That was August of, because just the other day I decided to go back and find that post uh, that I put on Facebook and it was August, 2016. Wow. Yeah. So I had been, 
and this is like a side note of oddness that people if you if you've stalked me on facebook maybe you've already seen this but um so at the very end of July that year, 2016, I was in, the Dem in, in Philadelphia for the Democratic National Convention because I was a Bernie delegate. And I was caught on camera crying a lot. And it ended up on The Daily Show and on Saturday Night Live and on all these other places. And it was kind of like a, a comical big deal. Especially like in San Diego, it was a, you know, a big, big deal. Because they're like, oh my gosh, this girl that, you know, she's our delegate. There she is all over national television crying. And so it, it just kind of gave me this like sense of purpose and do a bigger thing and I but but the the actual being at the convention had left such a bad taste in my mouth because it was so there was so much animosity between parts of the party and all this stuff that I was like it's not in politics I already thought I was just going to come back and run for office and a lot of people on my Facebook post suggested that and I was like that's not it but it is time for me to figure out how I can make a bigger impact in this world yeah so is there a meme of you running around uh oh a, a meme goofy? yeah oh many I, oh my gosh. If, you, if you watch Fahrenheit 11.9, the Michael Moore movie that came out a few months ago, I'm in that. Nice. I haven't seen it yet. I really, I just don't want to watch it because I at least fear it's just going to be like an hour of kind of like political vitriol that I'm not in yeah. the mood for. That's but true. yeah, like I, I was everywhere. I was memed. I was in two Trump commercials, not my finest minute. Like so <laughs> many people have used this one. <laughs> well, we won't use it against it. That's for sure. Yeah. But I'm glad that it did spark some 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 bigger purpose within you you know to realize that hey my face is impactful baby <laughs> let my tears not go to waste <laughs> let's do something well i bet my listeners are sitting here and they're like oh my god i want to hear more about uh like the quitting quitting by design and the quitting podcast what would you say to all those female physicians out there who are lying on the floor in the fetal position every morning before they have to go to bed or go to work. Oh, I was like, oh, they work in the night shift? Um, yes. Well, either way, they might be because, you know, female docs, they might be on call. This, I mean, I'm going to be, I'm going to pull no punches here. Residency was the lowest point of my entire life by far. And that's the last time that I practiced anything that resembled real medicine. Like I did in, in fellowship, yes, I had clinic, but I didn't have call. I didn't do any hospital work, that kind of thing. And then since then I've had a job where I don't, so let me explain my job. A bunch of people might be interested in this. I'm, I do the compensation and pension exams for the VA, the mm -hmm. disability exams, which is a contract position, meaning I don't have any benefits whatsoever, but I make my own schedule. If I don't, as long as I give them 60 days notice, and usually it's barely not even that many, as long as I give them notice and they don't have a clinic booked out for me, I can cancel whatever day. I can add days. I can make more money this month, less money next month. The downside is if a patient doesn't show, I don't get paid, but the rest of it is mostly upside because there's no pager. There's no call. You leave and it's done. There's no malpractice, none of these things. And so what I did at the end of sports medicine was, was take an inventory of what I never wanted to do again. And it was have a pager, have call, have to write prescriptions. I don't have to write prescriptions anymore. Um, none of the things like, you know, you have to know what parts of medicine are bothering you. If you're laying on the floor, is it because you hate all of medicine? And it may be fair enough. Like you don't know going into it, how hard it's going to be. Nobody does. So there should be zero shame or guilt. If you want to leave ladies, no guilt, <laughs> just just declare that medicine is not for you. Because if somebody wants to leave finance, there's no shame or guilt that, oh, finance wasn't for you. But somehow, like, if you wanted to help people and now you want to get out of medicine, there's something wrong with you. No, absolutely not. Move on from that mindset immediately. If the first thing you quit is that mindset, let's do it. 
because you got one life and do not spend it on the floor crying when you can get up, figure out what you don't like and find a job that will have just those qualities. There's a million options today. Like, like um, you and I were just discussing, you do telemedicine now. You know, there's so many niches that you can find. You can add physician to the front of whatever. You can be a physician podcaster, a physician blogger, a physician financial assistant person. There's a word for that that I'm, advisor. Because we're a whole niche community and it takes one of us to know the other one. And so if you have a side skill besides medicine, great. Go teach that side skill to other docs or use that skill in working with other docs. Like in me trying to quit to coach people on quitting, I coach anybody on quitting, but I really especially like working with docs because I've been there and I know what you're going through. So that's what I would say to the ladies is figure out what part of it isn't working. And then the strategic quitting process has five steps. Number one, figure out if there's something that you need to quit. Number two, figure out exactly what part of that needs to go. Is it the whole job or is it just the commute? Um, some examples of guests I've had on Quit Happens, I had a facial plastic surgeon who just wanted to do nasal reconstructions. The other surgeries were just bogging him down. He didn't have enough time. He didn't love them. Well, somebody else loves doing eyes, so let that person do the eye surgery. Somebody else might love doing, you know, gyne procedures, and you don't. Luckily, if you're in a practice with multiple people, you know, let the other providers do that. He was able to go in and say, I just want to do nasal reconstructions, and they, they allowed him because he asked the question. So, ask whatever question you think might be crazy because physician suicide is a real thing. Physician burnout is a real thing. If your employer cares about you as a person, which they should, or you should train, change employers, they should want to work with you if they realize a part of the practice is really getting to you, providing a lot of friction. So step two, figure out what exactly is wrong. Step three, overcoming the fears. This is why I got into strategic quitting because the fears generally do not apply to me, the esoteric fears. The ones that do apply to me are the logistics, like how will I pay back these jillion dollars of loans? But the fears that you have to come overcome are sometimes like sunk cost fears. Like what about all this time or money I've wasted? Well, those are sunk costs. If you learned anything from them, you didn't, it's not a waste, you learned a thing. So see them as investments, move on. There's also opportunity costs. You can't be doing 12 things at the same time. So you're gonna have to quit some of them to move on to better things, right? Especially in relationships. So that was step three. Step four is prepare the logistics, prepare your finances, relationships, and health for a quit. And step five is enacting the quit in a way that burns the fewest bridges and preserves relationships as best as possible. Love it. So if they want a visual on this, because that was a lot of information really quick, mm -hmm. where can they find it? That I wrote this book called Quitting by Design. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put a link to it in the show notes yeah. too, because I know that uh, I think I got it off Amazon. And so oh, nice. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll put that link on there for everybody because it is, it's a good, easy, practical, fun read. Oh, thank you. you. Can go through and, and tease through all these things because you, it does. Each step does take some time. You got to roll it around in the old noggin a little bit and see what's applicable to you. Yeah, absolutely. And if you know, you need a little bit more hands-on, maybe a little more accountability or something. I have an online course called make quit happen. And it's on Teachable and there's six weeks of videos. And so like every week there's a video at the beginning talking about that step and then an exercise for you to do. Like you said, be rolling around in your noggin exercise through the week. Okay, maybe it's journaling to figure out every time that I suddenly feel anxious. All right, what's behind that? Journaling to figure out why am I laying on the floor? You know, what made, is it the thought of going into work that's making me lay on the floor? Or is it an argument I just had with my spouse that's making me lay on the floor? Because Sometimes in my own experience, I once quit the wrong job. Um, 
I, well, I temp temporarily did. I thought my VA job was really stressing me out when it was the startup. So I take a month off of the VA and I'm not better. And I was like, oh, wrong job. So it takes really the introspection to realize you might think it's your job, but it might be a relationship or vice versa. Or it may just be a mindset that's behind all of those. Like, is the mindset, I'm not good enough. And therefore you stay in a crappy relationship or you let your attendings bully you or, or whatever, when it's the mindset that needs to quit and everything else will just fall into place. So Make Quit Happen is the name of the course. Quitting by Design, the book, like you said, I appreciate that you think it's a short, fun read. It's, it, it, it's only 77 pages. I didn't want you to quit the book first. Like, make it through the book, then do the um, rolling around in your noggin portion of things. But yeah, those are two good places to start. That's amazing. Well, I appreciate it so much. And I just appreciate your positive energy to tell everyone, just keep taking another step forward. You know, because I think so many times we get stuck in stasis and that, you know, just having somebody kind of behind you and say, move, keep yeah. going. It's okay. Yeah. Take that next step. And yeah. and yeah, and get introspective and, and really tease out. Because that's the other thing that I see like colleagues that I went to medical school with that have, um, and I mean, I've done it too, you know, job hopped, kind of done some different things, but they keep in the same cycle. Like they didn't change anything. They just changed the job. Right. And I think it's so important what you're teaching is like, like make an actual change, not just a physical shift. Yeah. And I think, I mean, if you read the book, there's, there's a part in there that says like, when you do quit, please stop and realize or stop and, and like make some kind of note to yourself. What were the bad parts of that job that you don't want again? And what were the good parts? Because if you don't stop and identify the bad parts, which is akin to realizing, okay, what exactly of this is making me unhappy. What exactly do I need to quit? But if you don't identify those, there's nothing stopping you from just finding the exact same job again. If you think, oh, it's just this job and you don't know, oh, it was actually just my boss. And then you go to the next place and you find the exact same type of boss. Well, then you haven't made any progress. You have to identify what part isn't working for you so that you don't repeat the patterns. And that's what I say that nothing is a waste as long as you've learned from it what isn't working. Because yeah, frankly, it might be a waste if you just keep making the same mistakes over and over again, like if you don't learn. So please, the strategic quitting process requires that you stop and evaluate so that you can make more educated decisions the next time. Well, amazing. Any final words to leave with our listeners today? Well, if we are all lady docs out there, I would just say, A, I empathize with you because I mean, I'm not a mom. I never will be not my jam, but I know a lot of you out there are not only like under the weight of how to be a good mom and then how to be a good doctor and then how to be a good woman, like sweet Jesus, that is a lot of weight of society. And I'll, I bet a lot of the quits will come easier if you identify that first, that society has put a lot of shoulds on you and that you are not supposed to be a slave to any of those. Like none of those should keep you feeling stuck. I bet a lot of things will, will just kind of float away, become easier, fall into more line, fall into line easier if you stop putting those shoulds on you that society has put. You don't have to be a mom in any certain way. You don't have to doctor any certain way. You don't have to be a woman any certain way. You do you. That's going to make you the best you. And so you will be naturally a better mother, a better doctor, a better woman, a better everything if you're just you in your own skin and okay with it and not trying to live according to what society tells you. Booyah. I love it. Thanks again for coming. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. Seriously, guys, don't you want to just take Lynn Marie and put her in your pocket so that you can pull her out and be like, boom, 
truth bomb. It's not a mistake if I learn from it. I know that I do. I love helping you, you fierce females in medicine who are kicking ass, taking names, saving lives, getting shit done. But yet you are so tired. There's so much chaos around you. You feel stuck and crispy with burnout. Well, let me tell you. Dr. Lynn Marie Morski can help you. Me, Aaron Wiseman can help you. So many other physician coaches out there, we can help you. Because guess what? Just like we learned in medicine that stasis is a bad thing, it leaves the DVTs, PEs, all that big bad shit. It's the same thing in our lives when we are just totally stuck in stasis. So a question I love to ask the women that I work with is, Are you ready to run away from something or run towards something? Most of the time, the answer is a little bit of both. And so I ask you, what's your split? How much are you wanting to run away from something and how much are you running towards something? Do you even know what that thing is that you're running towards or are you just so tired of where you're at that you must get away from it? I really think it needs to come down to a split in a split that you're comfortable with of leaving and moving towards something. But here's the secret underneath of all. What I'm asking in that question is how ready are you to move? Because it's in that movement, in that flow, in that taking control of your situation that you are empowered, that you find creativity, that you get a sense of taking back control of your life and your practice, your family, a sense of who you are, and that, my friend, is the magic of coaching. So if you're sitting around and you have got an emotional DVT hanging out inside of you, I want you to get on the internet, schedule a colleague-to-colleague call with me. What that is, is it just like when you need to talk to a specialist or a colleague in the hospital, you get on the phone, you call them up, And you sit and you talk through this. Because as your physician life coach, as your life coach, I want to take on your hardest problems. I want you to call me in as your specialist for the biggest difficulty and the biggest stuck in your life. Because it's time. No more status quo. No more staying with your at because you don't know where you're going to go from this. Let's sit down, let's talk together, let's get some flow in your life, let's break up those clots, no more IVC filter to keep you from having a PE, let's get you moving, let's get you in control of your life, let's make it so that you can honestly say that you love your life and your practice. So friends, no more. Maybe it's time for you to quit, maybe it's time for you to get up and pivot and move in a direction that is more true to you. Whatever it is, I'm here for you, and I got your back. So remember, as always, your life, your calling, 